Welcome to episode number 68 of the Canadian Prepper Podcast. We're recording on May 17th, 2020. My name is Eric. I'm the host of the show based in Southern Ontario. Hunter, target shooter, ham radio operator, and computer geek. Uh, as a first responder, witnessed an over-reliance to emergency services during major events, and I started a small preparedness company to help people get prepared for at least 72 hours, if not longer. My name is Ian, and I live on Vancouver Island. I'm an outdoor enthusiast, sports shooter, and my farm is designated handyman. I'm Alan, safety trainer, first responder, security expert, and overall safety nerd. And if you want to help support the show and keep the Canadian Prepper podcast on the air, please buy a t-shirt. There it is. At (laughs) www.rapidsurvival.com. All proceeds help keep the lights on and the backup generator fueled. All right. If you're enjoying the show, please take a few minutes and like us on Facebook and submit a review on iTunes. Also, we want your feedback, good or bad, or just if there's a topic you want us to cover. You can email us at feedback at prepperpodcast.ca. All right. So we've got some uh, secluded content for you in this episode. Uh, we're going to start off with some preparedness-related news articles. Then we'll uh, get into what we've done uh, to help our preparedness since the last episode. And then we're going to get into the main topic, uh, designing our ideal bug-out location. Uh, two major things on my news feeds today. Um, there's a snowbird crashed in Kamloops, two aboard. One uh, sadly did not uh, did not survive the crash. Uh, the video shows um, some black smoke just before the... the uh, the bird dove. Uh, this the second person aboard was uh, serious but not life threatening, and uh, it actually crashed in a residential area, which is you know lucky that it was only the only the the people on board that were affected. And then the second thing that's been occupying my newsfeed for the last twenty four hours is an explosion in Los Angeles. Uh, leaves depending on which report you read anywhere from 10 to 12 firefighters in serious to critical condition Uh, they were evacuating off a roof when the contents of the building let off the working theory is that it was butane used in the process uh, to extract THC and to and produce honey oil Uh, so that was um, uh, there were some some pretty significant tactical firefighting challenges there and as they were evacuating the roof it uh it engulfed those uh, those members that were too close to the building so that was uh that's some scary video if you look it up that's destroying the theory that you know weed never hurt anybody no just sorry it's too soon sorry <laughs> the, the weed didn't hurt anybody in that particular case but. Yeah. uh yeah no it's, it's uh, i was kind of wondering what the explosion was about because i um i saw that last night just as i was hitting the sack and uh, it was like an explosion, like, okay. And then, you know, like the fact that they already had uh, firefighters down, they wouldn't explain what was going on. It was like, oh, that doesn't sound good at all. So um, very interesting. Uh, yeah, it was, uh, so it, it's something to do with the process of actually extracting um, the THC from cannabis into into oil. And that was the, the that's why there was butane there. Um, and it's, I mean, it's still far too early to, to speculate as to how the fire started or why or anything, but um something something went really wrong inside the building um and it was uh, it was actually just the the kind of situational awareness of the firefighters on the on the roof um the all the audio from the from the, the radios is saying well something's not right we're gonna get off the roof here and as they were evacuating something went wrong so it was uh, it could have been significantly worse um but it was pretty bad in general and we're uh you know we're, we're gonna learn more about it and hopefully uh Hopefully some good will come of this and things will be safer afterwards. Yeah, say that with a snowbird crash. I mean, yeah, old airplane, but who knows if that was a factor or not. But uh, yeah, sad to see no matter what. Yeah, well, I mean, the 
there was somebody filming it, right? They took off from Kamloops Airport. They got about, uh, you know, five seconds, five seconds in the air and the one turned back. Uh, I would imagine he turned back to land um, as he came back. It stalled. It looks like it stalled. And then as it uh, as it went nose down, there was some black and then it dropped real fast. Yeah, no, that's, uh, that's not good at all. Well, hopefully we'll find out what happened in the long term. Yep. Yeah. Anyways, as for myself, uh, well, the CSSA put out another uh, news release. That's the Canadian Shooting Sports Association, and it was basically how the RCMB has, uh, by ordering counts, well, not ordering counts per se, but with the powers they were awarded under C-71, they're allowed to redesignate some guns into a prohibited status. So, has anyways, that been happening? Yeah, so it's been ongoing. Without news release, they just add more stuff to the FRT on the daily. So there was like a bunch of uh, bolt-action rifles last week. Uh, for long distance uh, shooting, like the uh, Shaytac series of guns, as well as uh, a couple other ones, and they just uh, on the go. Like people were watching it happen live last week, they were just like changing like four ten uh, semi-auto shotguns that have a detachable mag and a bunch of other stuff, just randomly going prohib. Hmm. Yeah. So well, when the police are making the rules, doesn't that uh, doesn't that defeat the whole concept of democracy? Well, it's uh, what they're making the rules yep. and enforcing them. That makes it a police state. Mm. That's it, yep. Oh, okay. mm. Anyway, uh, other news, property news. Uh, so, I guess it's a record-breaking fall in home sales. No shocker when nobody can leave the house to go see houses. Uh, 51% drop in home sales in Vancouver. So, if you're looking to buy, it's probably a buyer's market right now. Hmm. But prices have not. Prices have only gone down one percent. Yeah, which is weird. I you think people would be getting a little more antsy if they if they need to sell or whatever. But nope. I, I was looking in Alberta too at some acreages, and uh, people have actually raised their prices from last year, which is pretty bold considering the oil patch the way it is. Yeah. Well, yeah. but they also don't want new people coming in, right? If they're if they want they want to raise the price and keep it keep it local, yeah. remove the competition. There you go. That's all I had. There you go. Well, I, I stole this article from you, Ian, in the pre-show. But, oh, uh, good. <laughs> so, uh, government didn't have PPE stockpiled. Hmm, shocker there. Surprise. I think, uh, I think we've seen that in repetitive news cycles that uh, government's been trying to get uh, PPE from all over the place. And uh, some a lot of the PPE that they have brought in from uh, overseas has been tested out and found to not, uh, not uh, do what they were hoping it would do. So, um, yeah, hopefully some lessons have been learned here and New plans can be put in place, but uh, yeah, appropriately titled your shocker. Yeah, well, well, learned, but I don't think that means it's got, anything's going to change. I no, don't have that much faith our government. Well, the last <laughs> thing they did is they bought some of these masks after SARS blew through town, and then they uh, yep. they didn't didn't change anything out or update them, so they were all expired when they actually had to use them. And elastics were snapping, and they gave they threw a bunch of the trash, and they gave away a bunch to China, and they never got them back, and it was just a big big problem. Yeah, I read an article earlier today saying a lot of the uh, the KN95 masks that uh, they did bring in were found to filter maybe 1% versus the 95% they're supposed to filter. Jeez. So, yeah, not good. So I tried to keep Never mosquitoes much. out. I was trying to, like, trying to keep mosquitoes off your property with a chain link fence, I guess, at that point. <laughs> that's a good way of, uh, yeah, it's a good analogy. <laughs> Reminds me of a guy I worked with years ago. He was a security guard. He had a he had a notebook from uh, just like from the dollar store, just one of those like spiral bound like three by five notebooks. Wrote Triform on the front of it because he thought mm. that actually meant something. That's Triform <laughs> notebook. <laughs> okay. Yep. Uh. Yeah. Yep, so that name brand makes it. Kind of what it reminds me. I'm like, it says KN95, so it must be good. Well, no, <laughs> KN95 is just what it's called. Yep. But, uh, what do you do? Hopefully some lessons learned there, but 
like the panel kind of alluded to, we don't have some high hopes for it. Yeah. I I hope I'm wrong. Yeah, hey, hopefully, but we'll find out during the next pandemic, I suppose. <laughs> hopefully sooner. <laughs> <laughs> okay, let's move into what we've done lately for Brass. <laughs> so for myself, I finally broke out the uh, brass cleaner and uh, cleaned up some 9 mil and some 223, and it came out uh, nice and sparkly. So that was good. Put her in, let her run for two hours, and drank some beer and watched it spin. It was good. Uh, what else? Strangely hypnotic, isn't it? Yeah. yeah. Well, the beer helped. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, also started planning out uh, well repair because uh, the uh, the well cap here I noticed over the winter I guess with some of the weight of the snow being on top of it started to crack and uh, starting to expose the, the well a little bit so I got a new cap to put in but uh, it just showed up the other day so I, uh, I cracked it open had to look at what I need to do realized I needed a few more parts those showed up today so uh, I'll be able to take that on tomorrow and Hopefully, I'll have water uh, by the end of the day when I'm done. So we'll see. But uh, I got to disconnect all the electrical and stuff for the pump and rerun the wires back to the cap. So that'll be fun. But it's got to be done. And I uh, redid the, the uh, network here. So uh, tore everything apart, put a new server in. I can uh, back up all my stuff now. And I've got a nice little Plex Media server running. So in the event that uh, the interweb or something happens to go down in the I need some kind of entertainment. Well, I've still got it in-house now. I don't have to rely on Netflix. Nice. Yeah. That's fancy. Mm. Well, as for myself, uh, I was actually working the whole last week. I really didn't uh, have a whole lot of time at home here. I just got home yesterday. so um, But I had a lot of time to sit in hotel rooms, so I was bored. So after talking with Hughes last week on the last podcast, I decided to uh, get to checking out what this drone business was all about. So... Um, yeah, I did a little research and actually it's, uh, like Hughes was saying, it's a very good idea for reconnaissance and, uh, aerial photography and it's kind of a new hobby that doesn't involve shooting. So I uh, thought I'd check it out and yeah, I studied for the exam in about 20 minutes and now I'm a drone pilot. Well, look at so, that. Yeah. So, uh, <laughs> it's a, you can challenge the exam for 10 bucks and give it a shot and the pass mark is like 65% or something. So it's pretty easy to do. And then, um. Yeah, so it was good. And then I uh, did the second exam as well. But that, if I want to become an advanced drone pilot, I got to get somebody to actually watch me flying around. I've never flown one before, so they'll have to wait. Can you but, just live stream it? Do we count as someone watching? I suppose, but uh, you have to be a certified. It has to be like somebody who's already certified. Yeah, I guess certified yeah. drone examiner or something. Yeah. But uh, yeah, it was, it was pretty good. So it was uh, lots of stuff to study for, but it's a good way to kill time. But yeah, for the uh, just the, you know surveying the property, surveying the area around your house, it's that's pretty good and uh, it's pretty straightforward. So uh, I put a little a video link in the YouTube there uh, that basically shows one of the uh, drone types I was interested in buying because it's got like super good uh, video feed and it's very easy to control and it's got like a twenty-five minute flying time. It's crazy. So that's pretty good. So if I spend as much time uh, you know as I did on drone piloting as I did on Maybe on my ham exam, maybe I'd pass my ham next, but I don't know. I wasn't going to say anything. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, so like uh, the ham definitely has to be done too, so I got to get on that. And then um, came back to concentrate on some wood products here. I got to denail some woods from the old uh, chicken coop there. And let's see here, I got a bunch of wood to put in the woodshed for next season, and that's pretty much it. Fantastic. It's only, only three pages this week. That's uh, what happens when you're working, I guess. Yeah. Um, I didn't do a whole ton this week. Um, got some property stuff done. We're laying out a, uh, a new garage. We're going to expand the expand the garage about ten feet back and give us a little bit more a little bit more indoor space. Uh, spent a couple of days hiking, 
uh, yesterday and today. Did some some really basic house things, but uh, we did uh, did make a really really concentrated trip to the grocery store to stock up to stock up on the pantry. So that was our that was our preparedness trek for the week. Oh, very nice. How was the uh, grocery store looking stocked or lineups? Oh, or um, I mean, we're in a small town and it's a small store, so it always looks kind of busy. Um, there were a couple of fresh things that weren't there, but that doesn't necessarily mean that they were a widespread shortage. It may have just been that they hadn't been put out yet because we were there fairly early in the morning. Right. Um, didn't notice anything like there, you know, there was plenty of paper products. There were plenty of canned goods. There was plenty of, um, you know, plenty of baking supplies. I didn't, I didn't see anything specifically that was missing. Um, definitely nothing on our list and every, just about everything we bought was, uh, um, was kind of long-term storage. So it wasn't, um, you know, it wasn't anything that was, you know, of, of things that I would expect to be missing, they were all there. Oh, good. Yep. Awesome. Starting to see the same thing here. Lineups, but uh, everything's in the store. You just got to wait to get in. Yeah, I uh, I refuse to wait to get into a store. I like I went I drove by the Canadian Tire. I did a uh, um, a phone ahead. I placed the order online to pick it up, um, and I you know drive drove through the uh, you know drove through the parking lot at Canadian Tire, and there were you know lineups of. 25 people to get in the store i'm just just not interested i have i have no desire to partake in that yeah uh, i would much rather just call ahead they send me an email when the order's ready i pull up and yeah it takes away from some of the shopping experience but man is it ever cheaper to go to Canadian tire that way oh yeah don't Wait find all the little, don't find all the little <laughs> stuff along the way that i just have to have yeah they i think they rely on that but. absolutely okay. all right let's move into the main topic all right, so yeah, guys, jump in here anytime. I just uh, started doing some random listing uh, of everything I kind of wanted, but I mean, for me, it's my bug out location would also be the place I would live in. Hopefully, that'd be the ideal. Um, Doesn't that defeat the purpose of a bug out location, though? Yes, isn't, and no. Isn't the idea of a bug out location that, like, if you have to leave your primary spot, then you have somewhere to go? Well, see, like again, what do you need to bug out for? Like, unless you know, the place is on fire. Basically, it's like it's pretty well, I mean, hard to justify it. Yeah, but that's the whole point, right? Like, if you're in, you know, you're on Vancouver Island, you've got wildfires, right? That's a that's a, a really real threat. You know, if if your house if your house was all of a sudden in the path of a fire, you gotta have somewhere to go, right? True, but I can't afford a second bug out location. <laughs> <laughs> There's nothing about this that's practical. This is all okay, about designing it, not okay. not actually building it. Fair enough. Fair, fair, fair point. So, number one, uh, for a bug out location, I want to have a water feature. So I don't care if it's oceanfront, lakefront. I mean, my pre- preference is like a spring with an altitude drop for not just a hy- mini or micro hydro, but also uh, maybe something you could make a fish pond with, with a little uh, stream feed. Um, so basically, you control the water source because nobody's upstream of you and they can't pollute the waters. And uh, yeah, you got it to yourself. That was my first thing. I, yeah, I would, water feature would be nice. Water feature would be nice. I would say the fresh water is significantly better than salt water because you can use it for irrigation and, and uh, crop production. Yep, that's true. Uh, for me, the salt water is just ocean access with the uh, the seafood associated, right? But uh, yeah, well, yeah, that's, so, that's a, a, an excellent feature to have as well. Yeah, so the, I mean, I'd say like a water feature of any sort would be the ideal. But I mean, yep. the, you know, you pay the premium for that too, right? So, or if you're Absolutely. just finding a bugging bugging out location, maybe you just scout ahead of time. Um, flatland, 
yeah, you want to ideally have a bunch of flat land with uh, for gardening and just easy to build stuff on. But if you had a small rise on one side of the property for either a radio tower, the water gravity feed, like I was mentioning, so you can actually pressurize mm-hmm. some hoses with, with gravity versus electricity, that's certainly a thing. And it's um, easy to see people coming, too. Yeah, yep. exactly. And Or you could just use that drone, right? Uh, yeah, but that's uh, you can only see people 25 minutes at a time. That's yeah. right. Okay, for the next 25 minutes, everybody sit still. Um, <laughs> Nobody move. I'm charging the drone. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, so that was the one thing because, uh, you know, what my biggest regret here is just having too, too steep a property and just not very good, um, I guess, farming options. Well, then you just you just have to switch to raised bed, right? Which is probably lower yield, but it pro- but it's, you know, it's nothing's impossible. Yeah, raised beds work, work good on this, but they don't work good on this because then you have to like a five foot raised bed and a zero raised bed on one side, and it still doesn't work. Trust me, because <laughs> everything just everything just leaks out the bottom part, and it's just like yeah. even with retaining stuff, it just doesn't work. Gravity so, gets you every time. Oh, gravity, and when you're sitting on top of rock, it's basically glacial till. It just the mm-hmm. soil just goes into the water, rocks, disappears, and you have to like keep topping and completely rebuilding it every year. So it's crazy. Oh wow, yeah. Like so, even it, if you put like even if you put gravel on top, like drainage gravel on top, that wouldn't that wouldn't help you. Not with the forty-eight inches of rain here every year. It's like yeah, seriously, yeah, it's, you cannot uh, retain any soil. That's why it's been rocky for thousands of years. That <laughs> so, makes sense. <laughs> anyway, uh, next thing I had was uh, good neighbors. So, like whether they be house bug out location or whatever, you don't want la- neighbors that are gonna like uh, as soon as you leave, they're gonna like try and rip you off or complain about everything you're doing. Or, you know, but you want them to be able to at least look out for what you're doing. And, um, yeah, just good neighbors in general. Maybe even like-minded people would be ideal. Or no that, neighbors. That would absolutely be the ideal. Mm. You can get them on board. Yep. Perfect. Well, I mean, no neighbors is a problem, too, because then if some, like, shit rat or from, uh, you know, yep. from somewhere else comes along <laughs> and decides to, you know, empty out your bug out location of all your food caches and everything else or your, your fuel tanks or whatever, and you don't have good neighbors that are like, hey, I saw a buddy with license plate X on, on yep. board come and visit your property and he carted away a bunch of stuff. Then, or, yeah. or even better, hey, I saw a buddy with license plate X. He's in my garage now. You want to go talk to him? <laughs> and that's what the good neighbors are for. Yep. So. We are not advocating kidnapping <laughs> random people. Just no, no, just temporarily detaining them until the proper authorities or the neighbor returns home can be called. Citizens, citizens arrest, right? That's the thing. And under okay. Section 494, it mm-hmm. says deliver to a peace officer forthwith. As soon yeah. as practicable, yep. Yes. <laughs> oh, yeah, so uh, unincorporated. Um, the last thing you want to do is bug yeah. up to some place that's got like some uh, you know self- pretentious city worker there trying to tell you what you can and can't do and a bunch of bylaws like getting in your way of doing what you want to do. So if you do have a, if you buy a bug up location, you don't want to have it to the point where you have to have higher property taxes, uh, a bunch of bylaws to deal with, and no shooting regulations or no hunting regulations. Yep. Unincorporated is key. Man, that's a long ways away from me. You have to give yeah. me one sec, guys. Yeah. Yep. Um, next note on Ian's list here is backing onto Crown Land, which again would be ideal, but not not sure if it's practical or not. Again, you know, for where I am, that's like the nearest Crown Land is probably a nine-hour drive, and would have and would take me like at least through the outskirts of Toronto. Well, yeah, so. the reason I mentioned that is because it's like uh, I guess in, in bad times it wouldn't really matter either. But if you're going to use your bug out location as a like mm-hmm. a hunting property and or a you know vacation property. At least you got the option to go out hunting and and you know go to a place where there might actually be a fair amount of wildlife. So absolutely, that's for the uh, kind of if you had neighbors on two sides, but crown land behind you, that's kind of the ideal. That's absolutely perfect. Yep. Yeah. yeah. Uh, a basement uh, because 
storage and also because of hey if you had to do a, a makeshift uh, shelter of some sort uh, either for cold weather nuclear terror or whatever it's like say, you have, see the episode on nuclear fallout yeah yeah be, have the expedient field expedient uh, bomb shelter or you know anything but basements are like so great for everything from storage to like uh, temperature preservation you know just there's just so many good reasons to have a good solid basement and yep. it's one thing i really missed yeah yep. but basements uh, are only good if they don't leak so you gotta you, it's gotta be a basement that's that's appropriate for the property yeah, I guess if the power goes out and the, you know it, it, all the sump pumps kick off, and before you know it, you got three inches of water in your basement. That's no good either, right? So well, you got a swimming pool at least. Well, that's true, but then all the ammo you got sitting there in the ammo cans is gonna be underwater, and it's just a mess. So, well, from what I learned uh, earlier this week, add some soap, add some lemmy shine. Be clean. Squirrel the whole basement. <laughs> <laughs> actually, I was I was actually deadly curious, so I threw a live round in the uh, the tumbler because I discovered this live round on the range. And I was like, oh, it's gonna be no good anyway. I don't want to shoot it. And then, uh, yeah, sure enough, I opened it up. I, uh, I didn't put it in my gun, obviously, but I opened it up, and sure enough, there's water inside the round. So even with the crimp on it, uh, water is mm. gonna get in. So anyway, um, a shop. So yep, a yes. shop is, is a grandiose term, but I mean, it might be anything from a covered tarp shelter to a full-on shop with a car lift, but anything you can do repairs out of the weather is kind mm-hmm, of ideal. Yep. So even if it's just like a, a expedient shelter that will just allow you to like get things done in, in you know torrential rain, snow, or whatever, I think that's kind of key for doing repairs, on, especially if you're going to be less reliant and working on your own. Yep. And I think it's important that your shop be big enough to fit your vehicles in. Um, and the other advantage to it is that if you're cooped up with somebody for any length of time, say nine weeks over a forced internment, I mean, self-isolation, <laughs> uh, having the ability to go somewhere else, you know, and just get away from that person goes a long way to, to family relations and preventing uh, people being tied up in the garage waiting for the authorities. <laughs> yeah, Absolutely. Um, so I also mentioned underground storage capable, which is different than a basement. <laughs> basically, because uh, you know, basically what I went on is I want a bunch of soil on the property, and the reason for that is good farmland, obviously. Mm-hmm. But uh, you can actually build your underground storage container of whatever you want. Like if you want to put a shipping container ten feet down and, and prop up the center because engineering wise they suck. But I'm just saying, like uh, you want to have the option to build your bomb shelter, put your caches in the property. Um, You'll have everything, like even like a shallow well. Would if you had lots of soil on the property, yeah, yeah, it's it's huge. So rather rather than a sea can, because there's a lot, there's always been discussion among the prepper community about burying a sea can. Cool. Yeah. Better than that is to um, put a, an eight foot galvanized tube, like a drainage pipe. Yeah, yeah, so they build one of those those hundred thousand dollar shelters the guys like custom make for people. That's all it is. Is basically he just yeah. welds it up and then puts a little bling inside and he's on his way. Yeah. Um, because obviously a sphere is better than a square when it comes to handling yeah. pressure of soil, yeah. right? Exactly. It, it'll just first load around around the sides. Um, you just got to put it. You just got to put an end on each. You know, put an end, you know, cap it in, and then you can build whatever the hell you want inside and take your time doing it. Yeah. No. Absolutely. Um, yeah, so that's uh, yeah the sea can. It's it's they always say it's going to collapse on the inside, uh, on the top, basically because of all the weight of the soil. It just doesn't work that that well. So if you put a sea can in a tube, I wonder how that would go. Hmm. Hmm. I have to research that. We need yeah. an engineer. Yeah, that's right. Of, uh, of the listeners out there, are there any engineers? And can you help us test this? Could you help us? Could you help us test this? Yep. Well, Sean, on uh, Sean Ham, so far you guys are describing my house well. Yeah. 
I'm jealous. Yeah, we kind of hate you. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Just, just a little bit though. It's all good. You know, we're, we're um, going to need GPS coordinates just to verify this, you know, and not to show up at yeah, random right. if an emergency for the record. <laughs> if you could give us like a Google Maps uh, location, that'd be great. Um, yeah, so Greenhouse, I was mentioning, uh, it doesn't have to be in place and built already, but even the, just have the materials for one, because if you are bugging out there and you want to get an early start on seeds or grow stuff in marginal growing conditions, then you want to have a greenhouse all set up. Absolutely. Um, and I think my notes included uh, the ability to um, grow hydroponically, which, uh, again, not an expert on it. We've discussed it kind of, but we uh, we decided we needed to find an expert on that to uh, to, to learn more because growing outdoors is awesome, except when you have a terrible growing season and then you need, you know, you need another solution. So uh, growing indoors gives you the ability to grow year round and gives you the ability to control all the things. And then you don't also have to go outside. And when somebody else is flying a drone overhead, they don't see that you have huge volumes of crops that they want to come steal. So keep it gray. Who yeah. would be flying the drone overhead? Some nosy guy yeah. trying to do surveys of the neighborhood and stuff like that. I mean, Ian and I are physically far enough apart that his 25 minutes flying time aren't going to affect me, but yeah, you know, if, if Ian's got that idea, somebody else has it too. That's yep. right. So uh, wood on the property, uh, whether it be in the form of trees or even stored wood or whatever, you want to make sure you have a steady wood supply for not just uh, heat, but shelter, um, cooking, mm -hmm. everything else. But also, uh, yeah, just good shade, uh, concealment, everything else. Mm -hmm. So wood on the property would be fantastic. And then also would feed your wood stove, which you should have in place. Yeah, and that's a, key. a wood stove that has a flat top so you can actually cook on it too. Yep. That's right. Uh, southern exposure, I wanted to mention that as well. Absolutely. Best so for growing. Solar, yeah. good for growing. Yep. Um, yeah, lots of light, less, uh, less electricity required. I can't yep. go wrong. I was going to throw on the list there a good solar setup. Yep. Absolutely. I had solar and wind on my, in my list. Uh, hunting friendly, we talked about the uh, yep. we talked about the bylaws and the and the crown land for that exact reason. Of course, if things get really, really, really out of hand, it doesn't matter anymore. Yep. But uh, you want to plan for the worst and hope for the best so plan to just you know we're going to plan for ian's uh ian's house to catch fire in a wildfire and he just has to go somewhere he still wants to hunt um but the rule of law will still be in place so uh, be, <laughs> well and i like yeah. uh, i like just the idea of having somewhere to get away in when times are good uh, and then you can utilize it all the time because then you're comfortable with the area that you're in you know the area you know what's there absolutely um, and you know how to utilize everything and like really who's going to shell out money to buy a property build it up and then just let it sit right just in case Communist. you may as well have something that you can go to and use on a regular basis but uh, as well it can it can serve as your bug out location yep absolutely yeah so i mean obviously if it if it's hunting friendly and bylaw friendly then yeah you're good to go even in regular times and you yep. won't feel like you've wasted your money doing it right well it goes back to knowing your gear right we we preach that all the time of know your stuff know your gear know how to use it same yep. with your property you may as well know it, know the ins and outs of it, know how to get around it, know what's there, know what's not, and um, it'll serve and you well if uh, things happen, right? Everything around it too, right? I mean, yep. it's one thing to know your property, it's another thing to know your neighbor's property and that, you know, the the lot down the road and the yep. the, uh, the crown land behind you, just get, you know, get it, uh, get familiar with everything around. Absolutely. Cool. Uh, next thing I had was uh, fenced for animals. So you want to keep the deer out, keep the dogs in, 
Um, I don't want to keep the deer out. I was going to say, do you want to keep the deer in? Ah, but I say fish for animals. <laughs> so basically what I'm saying is, like, out of your little garden, you want to keep the deer out. Ah, no, yeah, right. So welcome on the yeah. property anytime. As a matter of fact, I would right. even put, like, you know, some excess, like, uh, green material out there to make sure they feel welcome. But, mm-hmm. especially in times that are tough. But uh, anyways, yeah, but also your dog's in. So if you are visiting during normal times, you don't want to be a, a jerk neighbor. Um so I just have proper fencing, whether it be just rabbit fences, deer fences, uh, perimeter fences, of course, is a yeah. big thing, which might keep those nosy neighbors out, might keep the uh, the dogs in, all the other stuff. Or might keep the nosy neighbors thing. curious. Yeah. Well, that's where the razor wire might come in, too. I mean, if you uh-huh. want to have uh, the thieves be kept out, too. I mean, yep. but low enough that the deer can still hop over it. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Low enough for the deer, high enough, high enough for the people. It's it's a delicate balance. Yeah. That's, I Just like put a, put in a deer crossing sign. People won't cross. The deer can. Well, that's right. Cause that's right. Just like a gun free zone or something, right? Yeah. People were respect that. Sure. Yeah. Uh, see here, cameras. So if you, if you really want to go full out, this is we're gonna larp a bit here, but yeah, if it was my bug out location and I was getting all uh, you know worked up and worried about people uh, stake, taking my stuff, I'd want to have some you know. IR cameras mounted up, like uh, yep. just like you would for yep. a good house setup, but also for a bug out location. Uh, as Network long as you have to power them, cheap and easy. Yep, they don't yep. and they don't draw much power. No, they really don't. Like you can, you guess an average solar panel can power four or five cameras. If there's, they don't, they don't draw anything. Um, if you if you have if you have a setup where you can run Wi-Fi from your bug out location, then you can even see it in real time. So even if you're not there. Which works for scouting, and scouting for hunting property, property too, right? If you're, if you, if you know you've got deer coming through on a regular basis, yeah, so it's like you amped up game cameras. Same idea, right? Yep, absolutely. Yeah. Uh, last thing I had was if you have the option to get your property and then build a house on it, like or build a bug out location of some sort, uh, consider using ICF, which is insulated concrete forms, because a uh, little pricier to start with, but easy to build with. It's like Lego blocks. And the R value on those things is out of hand to the point where if you had your wood stove, you'd be able to heat the whole house quite easily and not you'd be a little more fuel efficient on your uh, your fuel. So something to think about. Yep. More than a little worry about it burning down. Yeah, yeah, definitely not. More than a little more expensive, but it's definitely uh, um, definitely has a lot of advantages to it. Well, there's a payoff there, right? Because if you do have to bug out wintertime, I mean, instead of being in a tent, man, if you were an ICF house, you'd be like sitting there with your feet up and, you know, pour yourself a little whiskey while everybody else is like, like turning blue. So, oh, absolutely. It's, oh, yeah. It's uh, fantastic. Yeah. Like I said, it's not cheap, but it, I mean, you can do it yourself because it is that simple and there's like no shortage of videos out there on it. And um, yeah, I just think it's a, it's a neat little building material. And as long and as you get the foundation right, you're good to go. It's fantastic. Yep. And you're building it once. Yeah. No, yep. exactly. It's even termite proof and ant proof pretty much and everything else. Well, yeah, because so. it's, it's concrete. There's nothing for them to eat. No, concrete and foam, right? So, I mean, that's, uh-huh. that's all it is. Um, Until we get the termites that like concrete. Or foam, maybe. Or foam. Yeah. yeah. But I'd, I mean, in between them, I'd rather lose the foam than the concrete. But, I mean, yeah, that's going to be like like August of 2020. we get the murder hornets now. Then we're going to get the... <laughs> We're gonna get the sharks with laser beams on their heads in May. Yep. Something yeah, or for June. Something we're not sure yet for July. And then August is gonna be the the termites that eat concrete. The worst yeah, part August is August will be all those things mate, and then we get the termites. <laughs> this uh, this year's not even half over yet. I'm kind of like <laughs> <laughs> this has really really been bad. So yep. Anyway, uh, uh, started, off, started off slow, but it's been gaining steam. Yeah, remember the the good old days we all we just had to worry about like World War Three breaking out back in January or something. 
<laughs> now we're reading about the economy imploding and a bunch of other stuff too. Uh, anyways, yeah. So steel roof. Uh, so mm-hmm. to, to you know to make Alan happy too, I got to make sure my house is a little bit fire resistant. So a uh, preferably a steel roof versus asphalt singles because of fire hazards and uh, obviously long life of the roof, lower maintenance. But uh, slate siding, like some sort of rock based or like even river rock or whatever uh, siding on the side of the house, so you can actually like not have to worry about everything catching fire all the time. Yeah, that's of course you don't need that if you're building if you're building ICF and brick also works. Yeah, um, brick, yep. Yeah. But yes, that, absolutely. Those are uh, making your house as fire resistant as possible for the same reason. I mean, if if you built your house out of if your if your home is ICF, then you don't really have to worry about your bug out location for forest fires. I mean, you wouldn't want to be there. You wouldn't want to be inside during one, like as as it blows over. But um, yeah. you're you're gonna be you're gonna have a place to go back to. Yeah. Good and point. the nice thing is the steel roof too. It's it's pretty easy to set up like a, a, a uh, what do you say a water catchment system, and there's a lot less yep. junk coming off the roof. And yep. so when you do have the uh, the eaves troughs off the steel roof, you're getting a lot less the uh, asphalt single bits that are coming in there, and everything else is much easier to keep clean. And yeah, it's pretty slick setup. Way cleaner. Yep. Yeah. An so, airfield uh, and teleport. That's yeah. Uh, well, fantastic. Well, you said I could just fantasize, so um, absolutely. Right. Yeah, I mean, I'm not saying like a full-on, uh, you know, airport per se, but like a little, you know, a thousand-foot strip to put your little like uh, ultralight or something in and out there. Because if you're gonna bug out, you gotta bug out on 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 the wing, right? So well, you need something for your drone, right? Yeah, and uh, <laughs> the drone needs a heliport because it has to return to home to a certain point. And if you want buddies to come by, that maybe could come in with a helicopter or something. Yeah, it's you want to be welcoming, right? Your your friends absolutely. are way cooler than my friends. Yeah. <laughs> Actually, well, I yeah. mean, the ultra the ultralight is is actually uh, you know is it makes good sense. I mean, an ultralight with a with a big enough gas can, you can get it, you can get hundreds of miles with that. You don't have to fly high. It's a, it's an easy enough license to get. You can actually buy kits to make your own, to build your own. Like they're bolt together items. Yeah, actually, and like gyrocopters, heli, uh, little mini one person helicopters, ultralights, everything else. Actually, there's a lot of them you can build yourself now, and are you know like less than thirty thousand dollars. So it's like. It's actually kind of an option nowadays. Like if you think what you spend yep. on a truck, and yeah, true. uh, so anyways, yeah. I just uh, thought, well, you know, at least have an option for somebody. Like, but if you're on a water, if you're on a lake, I mean, somebody on the full thing come come and pop in any time too, right? Oh man, the resurgence of the De Havilland beaver, right? Oh, that would be nice. <laughs> and they, they actually got their first electrified uh, beaver here on the Vancouver. Here, they got Harbor Air decided to uh, do their first um, completely electric one, so battery and 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 uh, what do you call it, electric motor. And oh, wow. they're trying to promote their green footprint or whatever. And so, yeah, that's the thing now. Hmm. Anyway, that's all I had. That's, um, I mean, that covers a fair bit. Uh, yeah. We talked about most of the things in my, um, on my list. Um, I said, I also said a nice big shop for everything, including hydroponics. I would bury, a, um, I would probably bury a sea can under the shop just so that I mean, I had a place to go and hang out, and it would be my man cave and my, slash my last resort. Um, I would add propane if I could for um, heating as a secondary option. I would use it as a secondary option, not a primary. That's a good point. Yeah. Um, and I would say, uh, um, you know, elevated enough to avoid floods, and away from the road enough that your that your lights can't be seen, and at least a hundred feet all around that's flat, so that you can you can always see people that are or see whatever's coming at you. That's a good point because yeah. you know the, the propane lasts forever, right? Like it stores forever, yep. um, so it's a good fuel source and it, it burns clean, so it's not a telltale smoke sign, which is also a good thing, right? Yeah. 
And uh, yeah, I mean, it's it's quote unquote cheap to buy, I, you know, but it's there anyways, and it's uh, yeah, easy to store for sure. Well, it's easy. It's easy to store. It's it's a it's a really quick if if you know everything has gone wrong and it's minus thirty when I'm arriving. I don't have to wait for the fuel to get hot. Yeah. Yep. And then you uh, mentioned the uh, the floods thing. That's a good point too, because I mean, you know, people in the prairies uh, that live in the Red River floodplain or whatever, it is a thing. So you got to have that raised berm on your for your house and everything else. And yeah, absolutely. Because yeah, you got to pay attention to that because that's you know might only happen once every hundred years, but you know, knowing my luck, that'll be the time I'm there. So, <laughs> well, but, but that one that once in a hundred year thing is why you're, is why you have this property yep. in the first place, right? So yeah. Um, and I mean, in terms of general location, you want to be able to get there. So we've talked we've talked about um, whether you stay or go. I think that was the last episode is whether to bug in or bug out. Where you go, I mean, the property that that Ian's describing, um, the closest place for me is probably nine hours away. I'm not getting there in one gas tank. Um, I would have to go through. I would have to go through Toronto or through the GTA to get there. Um, that's not happening in an emergency. I, I refuse. So I've got to make some concessions based on that. What do I what do I give up to, to avoid having to go through uh, go through the pinch point there? Um, but um, also when when you're when you're landscaping your property, we talked about having trees for shade uh, and a southern exposure, but also plant uh, hawthorns all the way around. Um, I think we were talking about that last episode, right? With, uh, yeah. with the Hawthorne, you have nice big spikes, and if you plant nice dense bushes all the way around, you're going to control your entry points, and only uh, and then only those on, only those entry points are going to get used because uh, nobody wants to go through that stuff. It's it's pretty nasty. Unless they come in by heliport. <laughs> Unless they come in by helicopter. <laughs> you beat me to it. Yeah. But, uh, no, yeah, very good point on that. Actually, and you raised a good point. If you have the the sea uh, can underneath your shop or whatever, that's where you can cache all your stuff in the meantime. So if you have to, you know, have a, a, a stripped out truck with just like a, a driving fuel can, you don't have to worry about bringing everything with you. It's nice to have everything pre-placed and, and not easy to find for the thieves that might be hanging around your property when you're not there, right? Absolutely. And, and you can... You can stock that from the inside so it's you know you pull you pull in you close your garage door and nobody can see what you're doing under there so if you've got a uh, if you've got a covered vehicle then as you're as you're stocking that up um i mean it doesn't take much to make uh you know to make a a, a single access in the floor pretty heavily fortified and camouflage your uh, camouflage your vent uh, if you were going to do that i would say heat it only by propane instead of wood because wood underground just doesn't seem like a very good idea to me but have it well ventilated and all that good stuff. But uh, um, I think again, that's that's an entire episode into itself is underground, underground uh, bug out shelters. But um, you know, have it. Uh, you can you can do that and have it well camouflaged. And if you've poured a foundation around it, you can bury it as deep as you want. It's true. Yeah. Huh. That's about all I've got. Oh, I I also said low voltage LED lighting. Uh, throughout the house so you can run that off your battery bank and your solar slash um, turbine like wind turbine slash uh, waterfall power wheel system can charge your battery banks and uh, run your low voltage LED lighting from from inside the house well yeah I mean even in your regular house you should be running LEDs I'm sure everybody should be by now because just the power saving is alone with Ontario Hydro the way it is for you guys and everything else (laughs) but uh, yeah I mean like like Alan said, if you've got like a combo system, whether it be wind, solar, micro hydro, whatever, I mean, something's going to be like 
producing power at that point at any point during the day or night. Like micro hydro runs twenty four seven, but it freezes in winter, obviously. So you have to rely on your wind and solar when you can. And uh, yeah, it doesn't take a whole lot of power to uh, keep the LEDs on overnight. Yeah, and specifically low voltage. So like, yes, I run LEDs all through my house, but they're still running off one twenty. Yeah, um, I'm thinking about like the you know the emergency volts. lighting yeah, yeah just run it yeah. on just run it on 12 volts so you can run it off a battery bank put the battery bank on uh you know run the batteries in uh in series so you've got uh sorry in parallel so you've got a uh you know a, a larger volume of of watts available and then you've got you've got lighting under the worst conditions for for quite some time yeah anything yeah, else me, guys uh, yeah, for me, my uh, my setup, I would say I want something close to home, so I'm not doing the uh, the nine hour trek trying to, you know, skirt through the city or get far. You want something, you know, within a couple hours, I think would be reasonable. Um, and same thing, something with some fresh water it doesn't necessarily have to be a lake or something like that, but a stream coming through it or, or something. So I've got some form of of water because um, obviously that's going to be important. Um, I like the idea of flat land, so you've got plenty of room around, so you can see who's coming, who's going. Uh, getting those big bushes set up, um, maybe something to whack down a drone. So if that nosy, nosy neighbor decides to fly the drone over, you just you get, you get those things that shoot a net and then you just like yep. capture it or whatever. That'd be I good. Mean, or I mean, well, rocks off a 12 gauge. But. I was going to say 12 gauge, yeah, you know, know. just do what you, you got. All you got to do is take out one prop, but yeah. there's four of them, right? So I mean, yep. you're good to go. <laughs> then you got yourself a drone. That's right. Uh, and drone. then you can turn around and you can <laughs> spy on the neighbor yourself. Uh, That's right. Yeah, so I like those types of setups. Some something, like I said, something closer by, and something that can be used in in normal times. I touched on that earlier, but something that you can go out to and, and use during normal times, and you know, it it kind of has a two two reasons to have it. Then you know, you can get away from everyday life at it, but you can also kind of slowly stock it up and have it ready for uh, a shit at the fan type of situation, um, which helps out with like we touched on knowing the land, knowing the area, and knowing what you've got there. Uh, I would say solar solar power of some sort would be a, a big thing for me, um, just to have the lighting and, and have some form of power available, but have some kind of a backup as well in case it doesn't work, because there's going to be days where you don't have sun, right? Well, there's uh, it depends on where you live in Canada, right? Like around Medicine Hat, you get like 330 days of sun a year, yeah. versus like, you know, on the West Coast here, I would say not as many. Yeah. <laughs> <And> so, <laughs> you like, get 330 days of rain a year. Yeah, yeah. and that's why, that's why I'm like going all, all autism on the, uh, the microhydras, because they, yeah, we've got water, like, and tons of it. Yeah. So, you know, if I just had like a, you know, a collection tank and a little, little dribble going off running a little mini turbine, that's a thing, right? Whereas, like, it might not work in a place like, you know, Southern Saskatchewan where they go dry for like, you know, nine months of the year and stuff. So, yeah. it's, yeah, it's it all depends on where you live too. Yeah, and a, a proper washroom setup would be uh, something I would want uh, in my bug out location because. <laughs> but why? You need. Well, yeah, you know, uh, I mean, refer you to uh, the sanitation episode. Well, didn't Matt, <laughs> Matt, Matt Damon grew potatoes in his own poop in the Martian? There, I mean, come on. Well, hey, you know what? If if times <laughs> get that bad, yeah, I, I I don't know. I don't think I'm growing potatoes in my own poop. It's just no. it's not happening. Sorry. There is there is a way to compost your human waste, but it, it's a, it's like a multi year process, from what I recall. It, I, I learned about it once. It was uh, um, it was not worth the effort, frankly. And for all but multi, the most destitute, somebody was telling me about it. For they were using it, using a setup in in Haiti after the hurricane blew through there a few years ago, and it was uh, it was like it, it took two years to make it 
safe for humans to consume the products from within the compost. So, well, and same uh, thing. Like I think the old uh, ancient Mayans used to do it too, but they also had a jungle climate where it like broke down in, in the space of a yeah. few months. Uh, yeah. Whereas here, it's like not quite the same in Canada. You get like the poopsicles from the dogs are bad enough. I mean, you can only yeah. imagine the human stuff, right? Oh, I can only imagine. Yep, uh, that's there we go. Yeah, so refer back yep. to the sanitation episode about why yep. that's not necessarily a great idea, but why you definitely need a place for it to go. Because I mean, one of the first books I remember reading was Everybody Poops. That's true. Yep. Uh, and you don't want to contaminate your water source or your well by no. not handling that properly. No, definitely not. And you can uh, refer to the mood jar head for an alternative. <laughs> and uh, security would be another thing that I'd want to build into my uh, my bug out location. Obviously, it's important for all kinds of different reasons, uh, but uh, something I'd want to have on uh, unlock pretty quick. So that'd be a, a high priority when I'm setting it up. Well, and security can come in the form of yeah. cameras, but also uh, like-minded individuals, and mm -hmm. you know, just because you got to sleep sooner or later, too, right? Exactly. Yeah. Yep. Good doors, good locks, good landscaping, lots of thorny things. A couple dogs. They always will let you know if something's going on. Absolutely. Yep. I think we've we've done an episode on dogs too, haven't we? Uh, so, yep. Um, yeah, and so th those are all good things. Now, um, computer geek, maybe you can help me. Yeah. My uh, my internet currently comes through a SIM card in my modem that connects to a tower that then connects out to the rest of the world. Yep. Um, in the absence of that, is there a true satellite internet option that doesn't require a cell tower somewhere nearby? The only satellite option I know of still relies on telephone line to do the, I believe it's the upload. So sure. that the downloading is done via satellite and the uploading, I believe, is done via telephone. Or it could be the reverse. Uh, but I don't know of one that's strictly all satellite. Okay. doesn't mean it doesn't exist. Maybe it's just not available consumer side of, of the world. But. Sure. So I'm just thinking about yeah. you know being in a remote location and having access to your cameras. Um, yeah. Yeah, you know, I you know Wi-Fi would, would be would be a nice thing would be nice insurance if you could have your cameras going and you know they set off your motion alerts and stuff. So yeah, that would be nice. I don't know if it would have enough bandwidth doing the satellite thing to to feed a bunch of cameras, but the technology is a lot better than it used to be too. So yeah, maybe, so maybe something we should investigate for next episode. Yeah. Find out about that. Good. That's about all I got. Yeah. I think that's uh, that's my list. Cool. All right. Time for the uh, podcast challenge. I think so. So before moving to your next or buying your first location, uh, consider what you would call your must-haves for the property. Uh, ideally, don't settle for less, but we all know it's not an ideal world. So I guess prioritize. So I guess what I'm saying is make a list of what you need in your bug out location and uh, try and stick to it as best you can. At minimum, you need a helipad. The helipad should be number one. Yeah. Uh, like minimum. Three. Like at least three thousand foot runways on different angles for depending on the wind. Wow. Yes, that's that's important. Area. Crosswind landings are tough, man. <laughs> <laughs> All right, let's move into some upcoming events. <laughs> um, we don't know about what's actually happening in the rest of the world for the rest of the year, but as of right now, TACCOM Canada 2020 is still happening September 11th to 13th, and if that still happens, then the Canadian Pro Gun Podcasters Network will be in attendance with all of your favorite pod podcasters and us will be there throughout the show. So you can stop by the booth, meet your favorites, pick up some swag. We will definitely have Canadian Prepper Podcast t-shirts if you don't buy them all from us now at rapidsurvival.com. Uh, get your tickets through the link in the show notes. 
Uh, and uh, make sure you come see us at TACOM Canada. That's, of course, fingers crossed, it still happens. Yep. So far, I think that's the only one that it has not canceled. And uh, so, yeah, so. I, I think he's, uh, he's he's holding fast on that one because basically if he doesn't cancel, he's going to be like Diamond Jim when it comes to a few people showing up because yeah, everybody, everybody else will have, like, you know, have some pent-up spending ability and then they'll, they'll show up there. And Well, and everybody will just be so desperate to get out for, the, for a couple of days because everything else has been canceled. I mean, every, every outdoor concert, every major event uh, has been canceled for now until probably Christmas. The only problem is all the guns will be banned. Yeah, but there's so much more cool stuff than just guns at TACOM. Like, yeah, it, it's like... Even, even without the guns, it's still a cool time. Like, We can yeah. watch videos about guns, at least, I guess. Yeah, you know, talk about plate carriers and yeah. radios and flashlights. I'm fully, I'm fully planning have. on buying a uh, buying a, a new uh, a new, med, new med bag when I'm there. Yeah. There go, yeah. Exactly. All right. all right, and I'm sure we'll be. I'm sure we'll be doing stop the bleed classes, and there'll be all kinds of cool stuff there. Nice. Oh yeah, because well, Gavin was going to do one of the podcaster charity shoots, so I'm sure if somebody wants to do a stop the bleed, they're going to be in Toronto for that. I'm sure if you contacted Ragnarok Tactical or Alan here, maybe. I'll do it. Yeah, yeah I was going to say somebody can do a stop the bleed course for you. Absolutely. Whether whether it's Ragnarok, whether it's me, we will make sure that stop the bleed is doable at Tacom, providing Tacom happens. Yeah. Everybody out there, let's make TACOM happen. Okay, let's let's focus on that. Um, you know, that's that's my that's my holdout for for an actual civilization. <laughs> All right, let's move in the shoutouts. All right, I got one for the uh, traveling prepper. I forgot to mention that and what I did for preps this week, but uh, we, I managed to uh, meet up with him and we had another little convo, which was good. So, yeah, it's always good to chat with another like-minded individual. So I, uh, but this time I did it at his place versus on the island here. So nice. That's cool. Yeah. I got, I got nothing. Um, I've oh, I have, I've been in isolation. I haven't spoken with anybody this week. So, well, there you go. Is your uh, is your a place of employment shut down besides the uh, the volunteer stuff? Nope. Um, I mean, I work from home ninety times out of like ninety percent of my day, anyways. Okay. Ninety uh, percent of my week, and then most of my uh, so some of my some of my training has been postponed but not shut down or just expect we're just transferring it from you know one class a week to be to be like 10 classes a week for them you know for six weeks when as we start to catch up uh, but most of what i service in my day-to-day life is the construction industry which saw a little bit of a shift but not a full shutdown so um i changed focus a little bit um pivoting has been the, the has been the buzzword around here um but didn't actually shut down at all yeah well it's actually like a home depot and those guys have actually had better business than ever because they're all like Absolutely. trying to fix stuff at their house because they got the time to do it so 100 percent. i mean we you know we've they've made it so easy to order online which is great they send me an email when it's ready i go i drive to i drive into town i pick it up i bring my stuff home i do my thing here i i genuinely hope that i that's how i do business going forward i hate going into those stores and having to be stuck behind people that don't know what they're doing so i from a shopping perspective i haven't stopped buying things Maybe I'm part of the problem. I just don't like people, so I don't have to deal with people. I just go pick stuff up and go home. Yep. Said, that, I don't think that curbside pickups disappearing anytime soon because that's become. I way certainly too easy. hope not. It's, I mean, it's great. Like I, I make, I make a. You know, if I can't get it delivered by Amazon Prime, or if I want it faster, I can order it from Canadian Tire or Walmart. I pull up. I they scan they scan the barcode on my phone and they get my order. Like it's so fast and easy. I love it. 
Uh, Freya I'd brings up a good point there. 2020 is basically canceled. I'm like, yeah, yeah. we're going to get a do over next year. That's, uh, you know, that's, I'm, I'm good with that. Uh, bring on 2021. Yep. I'm done with 2020. Yeah, we're, we're just, we're just going to hibernate for the rest of the year and start again. Oh. All right, let's move into some email and iTunes reviews. So we are up to 54 or five stars. We've got uh, five, four stars, two, three stars, one, two star, and that one, one star keeping us honest. That's fantastic. Yeah. So appreciate everybody sending in the reviews. Keep them coming because uh, it certainly helps out. And we have an email that came in uh, not last time, not between now and last episode, but the one before because I, I missed last episode. But uh, I will read it out here and then uh, we can discuss it amongst the panel. Uh, so it starts out with Hello, gentlemen. I don't know. If yeah, he doesn't that, know us at all. <laughs> nope. <laughs> but okay. Uh, maybe this panel, the, the three of us, I think, count. So, uh, it says, over the past couple of weeks, I've been re-listening to older episodes, and I've realized that I completed a podcast challenge from the episode about gear we keep in our vehicles. Fantastic. So I, yeah. So they, I started off by uh, making a list of things that most YouTube channels about RVing uh, carried with them uh, as far as tools and parts that I added more legitimate emergency supplies to said list. Uh, I drive a three-quarter ton crew cab, uh, six, uh, six foot by six box. Uh, and in the bed, I have a large toolbox, which helps me with storage. Uh, in the cab, I have uh, the smallest Rubbermaid uh, action packer uh, for the things that I need closer to me uh, in case of problems, plus several items mounted throughout the cab. Uh, in the cab, I have mounted under the central dash area my uh, VHF radio with several highway channels, uh, LADD, 1 to 4, and the RR channels that are used here in BC. Uh, inside the rear driver's side door, I mounted a uh, two pound ABC fire extinguisher uh, in the action packer, which is wedged between the center console and the back seat. Uh, well, instead of listing off uh, everything, uh, I'll just share with you a list. And if there's anything I'm missing, please let me know. Uh, on the list near the end, it says uh, traction aid. And, and what that is is a five-gallon bucket with cat litter, road salt, and gravel all mixed together. He signs it off fish. And I couldn't get the list into the show notes here, but I do have it on my screen. So... I don't know if I can even maybe share my screen and then everybody can see it, but just see if I can do that. And of course I uh, close the screen off here. Way to go computer nerd. Yeah, I know. Hey, you know what? Can't be good all the time. So let's see here. And if I'm not mistaken, uh, Skeleton in a River Productions is saying that this is his email. So uh, if that if that is you, fantastic. Um, thanks so much for sending that in. And uh, hopefully... You can see this email somewhere soon. Yeah, so here it is. There it is. Oh, I can't read that. So I can't make it much bigger, unfortunately. There we go. Makes my but, screen bigger. Uh, I can see it. There we go. So here is the list, uh, along with, you'll see here in the inbox, some job applications. Sorry, guys, I'm still not clicking those. I don't need ransomware. Um, <laughs> well, you know, fun at all. But, yeah, I know. That's, uh, so here's what we've got on the list of, uh, of items here for the, uh, the RV and pickup tools. Uh, so we've got a level, a socket set, uh, long arm ratchet, screwdrivers, cordless drill, uh, wrenches, needle nose pliers, regular pliers, vice grips, uh, claw hammer, utility knife, uh, drill bits, and it goes on. There's a whole bunch of stuff in here. It's actually a really good list. Um, it, uh, it covers off pretty much everything. So. 
The only thing I didn't see was fuses for this truck, but uh, yes, that's a good point. Uh, um, you've got your first aid kit there. Do you also have, since you happen to be watching Skeleton in River slash Fish, um, do you also have a uh, like a tourniquet or an IFAC that's uh, you know within arm's reach? Kind of like uh, a blow yeah. bag. Yeah, your, your blow bag, just like you know, um, strapped to your uh, strapped to your uh, visor seat, like headrest back, something like that, so you can grab that first if need be. Oh, there's that the fuses. My, there's oh, there fuses. All right, and then the other thing was going to say the emergency window breaker hammer thingy, but I didn't see that yep. either. Yeah, I don't know if that was in here. There it is, window punch. Yep. See oh. cutter. I see it. Yep. Man, he's got it. Look at that. Okay. He's got it all. It's all here. It's a good list, actually. I like this. There's lots, list. Of, yep. lots of good stuff here. Um, yeah. And then the whole idea with the cat litter as well, that's, that's great. I, uh, yep. I carry some in my truck as well. Especially with the salt built in, so it gives a little more melt action and a little uh, more grip gription. Yep. I don't. I don't use. I don't have a five gallon bucket. I've just. I use a couple of uh, like a couple of freezer size Ziploc bags, and yeah, kind of the same thing. Sand and uh, uh, I don't have cat litter. I use just. I just use sand and salt together. Uh, but that's a great. Uh, that's a great list. Yeah. Uh, just my note there about the about the like the blow up bag, um, but that's. Uh, yeah. Can't yeah. think of much else to add to it than this. Yeah, I like having the IFAC. I've got one just around the uh, the passenger side uh, headrest, and it's got a couple tourniquets handy, like right away, and uh, just some some little things that you might need in a in a oh shit kind of situation right away. That you don't want to be digging for, but what I something I did notice is that you've got um, like the battery booster pack and uh, jumper cables. You've got those complementary redundancies there. I think that's uh, that's really important to note that you've got um, you know you've got more than more than one of the really important stuff. Yeah. Because of course, as soon as you go to use that battery pack, it's going to be dead. Yeah, it's the way it goes. Murphy's law. Or yep. I used I used one one I, I had one and uh, uh, lent it to somebody, and it came back, and all of a sudden it didn't work anymore. So, uh, you know, it, it they short they short out without uh, without giving much notice, things like that. So, I like the glow sticks here. Those are yep. handy on all kinds of different levels. Absolutely. Yeah, it's uh, it's a good list. I like it. It's a great list. Yep. You know, the only other thing I don't see there is a is a sharpener for your knife and your axe, but ah, it might yep. be there, and I just can't see it. Right, good point. Yep. Let's see there, but yeah, great list. Thanks for sending it in. Appreciate it. Uh, if you don't mind, I'll uh, I'll share it out on the website, but uh, I won't share it out until I hear from you that it's uh, it's okay to put a post on the website with this list here. Cool. Uh, and that was it. That's all I got. Anybody else have anything else to throw on that list? Nope. All right. Well, with that, I will bring episode number 68 of the Canadian Prepper podcast to the end. Uh, you can find the podcast on iTunes, Podbean, Spotify, or, of course, your favorite podcast app. Uh, please help us out. Submit a review. Yes, even if it's a one-star, send her in. Uh, it helps other people find us, unless it's a one-star. That doesn't help people. And if you, if you do leave us a review right if you leave us any kind of a any kind of a star review please leave us a note i mean if there's something we need to improve on and i mean audio has been a audio has been a, a fairly common theme throughout those um those improvement notes we love to hear it i mean that's how we get better and provide better uh better content to you and that's what we that's why we do this so let us know what's uh, let us know what's up what you like what you don't uh, we do record these shows live on Facebook and YouTube. If you want an early peek at the shows, please subscribe to the YouTube channel, Canadian Prepper Podcast, and click the notifications tab. Uh, 
as you've as you've heard throughout the throughout the episode here, we do uh, um, we do love the feedback during the you know during the show. Um, certainly helps make uh, make life easier for us, and it's certainly a little bit more entertaining. You can find me directly on Instagram at ppswo or uh, by email Alan with one L at prepperpodcast.ca. All right, you can reach Ian directly by emailing me at theislandretreat at gmail.com. And you can also find me on Canadian Patriot Podcast on iTunes and YouTube. There you can find us discussing why government waste and society make me wish I had deeper soil to bury stuff in. <laughs> or your next bugger look here. Yeah, maybe <laughs> next time. All right, and uh, please check out Rapid Survival at rapidsurvival.com. You can get me there on the live chat while you are buying some prepper gear, which, uh, again, is slowly coming back in the stock. Uh, you can also email me at feedback at prepperpodcast.ca. Uh, so thanks for joining us, and until next time, be prepared, stay safe, and keep learning. <laughs> <laughs>